नमस्कार गुड मॉर्निंग एवरीबॉडी जय श्री कृष्णा मे बी गुड आफ्टरनून मे बी गुड इवनिंग डिपेंडिंग ऑन वेर यू आर सो इट्स अ प्लेजर टू बी अ पार्ट ऑफ दिस ग्रेट गीता कॉन्फ्रेंस एंड माई थैंक्स टू दी ऑर्गेनाइजर्स हू फुट इन सो मच वर्क बिहाइंड द सीन्स फॉर फॉर ऑल दर हार्ड फॉर दर सर्विस इन दार्ड वर्क एंड थैंक्स फॉर स्वामी जी फॉर बींग द मास्टर माइंड बिहाइंड इट so really if we think of in, in ancient india never had a canonical text in the way that they say christianity has the bible <clears throat> islam had the quran there are so many uh, texts and traditions of nominally of course we have the vedas and the upanishads but really there's a vast array and variegatedness of indian texts uh and but from that you know mass of sacred literature probably the bhagavad gita has emerged as the most representative text of hinduism and certainly in our modern day and age certainly you know in the last 100 years the great nationalist leaders of india as well identified it as the sort of text that best represents you know hindu hindu thinking and uh, and so forth so um so it's a apt text much more so than vedanta which is very hard work very archaic and very much vedanta is all about interpretation of the upanishads and obscure passages um so the gita really is a much more user friendly text uh, in terms of giving us information about who we are ultimately and how to navigate this world so we'll start with um actually we'll jump to chapter 4 we might want to jump, uh, jump to chapter 4 where krishna says that you know announces who he is that he's bhagavan and he says but there were two types of yoga um in the ancient times there was the yoga of the yogins and the and the, what he calls sankhya what we might call action yoga and inaction yoga and krishna says one of them got lost the how to act in the world yoga which is most commonly called karma yoga today although the gita used the term buddhi yoga use the term buddhi yoga as synonymous with karma yoga but it actually uses the term buddhi yoga buddhi yukta more than it does karma yoga which is action in the world yoga which is taking knowledge uh, both uh, types of yoga the action yoga and inaction yoga they're both based on knowledge that there is an atman okay there is an atman this information we get from the upanishads upanishads this is the vedanta project to indicate that there is an atman and we should seek the atman the atman is ultimately the foundation of who we are at the deepest level personally and internally to us as individuals and also brahman in terms of that the cause second verse of the vedanta sutra what is this what uh, what is brahman it is that from which creation and maintenance and uh, and uh, a disintegration emerge so brahman is both on the one and the what we nowadays we might call intelligence intelligent design that which lies behind creation in a cosmic way but also within us there is a spark of that brahman called the atman so this is jnana and the, we get this jnana this information uh from the vedanta tradition in fact the whole vedanta sutra is nothing other than a a systematization of the upanishads uh in terms of trying to uh, establish that brahman is the cause of all causes and that the goal of life is to seek that and you know and the fourth chapter is about you know how to do that So this is jnana. So now what there's two things you can do with this jnana. You can take it to the forest 
and practice Patanjali and type yoga, the yoga of the Yoga Sutras, which is Chitta Vritti Naroda, completely stilling the mind, blocking out the world, Pratyahara, right? You can just perform meditation, and we see so many yogis in the in the ancient texts, in the Mahabharata, in the Moksha Dharma, even Rama, when he's in the Ramayana in the forest, we see these yogis with the dreadlocks and sitting in the caves and performing that. So that's one thing you can do with jnana, with knowledge of the Atman. You can take it to the forest and seek your Atman. And, and Krishna says, well, there were two types, but one got lost. Which one got lost? Action in the world, right? Evam parampara praptam imamrajarshayu vidahu sakalenaho mahata yoganashta. Yoganashta got lost. What kind of yoga got lost? Samatvam yoga, mudshite, karmasukaushalam. I think Swamiji just mentioned that verse. Skill in action yoga. So two types of yoga. One, which we find, I think, represented in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, which, by the way, has become very popular in the West now because of asana. Asana has spread uh, in the West by the great teachings of the great teachers like Krishnamacharya and Guruji Iyengar and Desikacharya and great Shivananda from Rishikesh and his disciples. So these great, great teachers from the nationalist period, they sent their disciples to the West. And, to, and some of them brought this, this asana, this teaching of, of postural yoga, but along with that comes the philosophy as well. But ultimately, Patanjali Yoga Sutra is inaction yoga. Now, where the Gita, I think, is distinctive uh, amongst the many wonderful and rich and variegated texts of ancient India is it's, it's, it, it's, it, uh, Krishna says to Arjuna, you know, that's not for you. That kind of inaction yoga is not for you. Higher is the action in the world yoga. And this is the karma yoga. So we, so the Gita starts off in chapter 2, just establishing jnana. There's both types of yoga. Inaction, in the forest. In the forest means that you block out the world, close down the mind. You still your mind. Then you have an experience of the Atman. So that kind of yoga, yoga Blocking out the world yoga um, is, uh, is, is one option. So Gita starts off with, first of all, there is jnana, there is an atma, first teachings. The Gita really starts in 2.11. Ramanuja, the great commentator of the 12th century, says the Gita starts at 2.11. Chapter 1 is just Mahabharata. Chapter 1, cha even chapter 2, first 10, 11 verses, Mahabharata. Remember, the Gita has been taken out of the Mahabharata. It's an epic text. It's actually yoga for the warriors action people so um so because yoga before that was forest yoga you, you look at even the mahabharata when the yogis come into the hashtanapur who are they they're vyas they're wearing the, they have the dreadlocks they have the loin cloths they're renunciates so in the old text even the shvetashvatara what is yoga renunciation you go and sit in a cave shvetashvatara second chapter so there's yeah, that yoga so everybody thought that's what yoga meant. Even Arjuna gets confused twice in the Gita. says, why, why are you telling me to act? Aren't I supposed to go to the forest? Beginning of chapter 3, beginning of chapter 5. Twice he says the same question. Why are you telling me to do this action? Doesn't yoga mean forest yoga? It, that is what it means. Even Krishna himself acknowledges, yes, that's what it means because the other yoga got lost. Chapter 4 got lost. Yoga nashta. So the Gita then comes, Krishna is coming to articulate the other possible way of doing yoga. In fact, it gives a completely different definition of yoga. What is yoga? Samatvam, equanimity, 
karma sukaushalam, yoga karma sukaushalam, skill in action, skill in action. Patanjali yoga, the other, the first kind of yoga, the one that didn't get lost, is inaction. Pratyahara, the, the fifth limb of yoga, inaction. You close down the senses, you don't act, you stop consciousness you know, emanating out through the senses. That's meditational yoga, and that's a perfectly fine thing to do. You can do both. You can do inaction yoga in the morning when you do your meditation for an hour before you go out the front door. That's the way I think of it. I Patanjali for an hour in the morning, and then Karma Yoga Gita, Bhakti Yoga for the rest of the day. It's not that either or. But there's two ways of doing this yoga. One is the meditation where you actually have a practice detached, set, stepping out from the mind. The mind is the place of anxieties and fears and desires. These desires which are infinite. They're like a, like, they're like a fire, Krishna says. Mahashano. They always eating, eating, eating. That's your enemy, Arjuna. Desire. Desire. You know, part of one of the themes of this conference is how is this relevant? Well, what of the heck have we done to our planet? Destroyed it by what? Desire. Infinite desire. What is capitalism? Profit for the sake of profit. Max Weber, the great uh, so sociologist, German sociologist, definition of, of, of capitalism. What is it? Uh, the pursuit of profit simply for the for profit. No, no morality, no dharma, no yama niyama, just profit and more, and ever increasing. Why? Because it's a fire. This is what is destroying our planet. Unlimited, you know, David, uh, there was a program on the BBC the other day. Uh, David Attenborough, the great conservationist, he's saying it's consumption, consuming. The more you consume, what happens? The more dissatisfied you become. Why? Because desire, it's like a fire. What happens when you put more fuel on the fire? Why does Krishna give the example of the fire? The more fuel you put on the fire, the more it grows. It's not that he says, okay, thank you, now, now, now I'm satisfied and I will cease. Of course not. The metaphor of a fire is something you put fuel on it and it just demands more. It becomes greater and greater. So this is the world we've created, my friends. A world where desire rules. That's what consumer capitalism is. Let's put a name to it. Let's put a tag on it. And India is also running in that direction, my friends, even though it has these wonderful, powerful yogic traditions that really give us an alternative way of thinking about what is the goal of life? What is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is, is, is to realize the self and actually try to limit these desires because the desires make us miserable. Suffering is nothing other than desire. Suffering is nothing. Why? Because these desires have a beginning and an end. So we have a desire, and for a moment we think we're unhappy, and then it finishes, and then what? Now we're thrust into a place of, dis of either you want to do it again, or you want to find something else, and the mind is constantly then seeking this illusory place of fulfillment, which desire by its very nature can never, can never provide. This is the gift of India to the world. You find it in other traditions. But it's very rich in India, this idea that desire, the whole of the second chapter of the Gita, Arjuna says, who is the stipendi? Who is the, who is the one who has realized the self? And every single verse, you count. Go home and count. The 12, 15 verses. In every single one of them, Krishna says something about give up desire, give up attachment, give up clinging. So then what is the gift of the Gita then? Do we have to go to the forest? No. We can... Um, 
and the word the Gita likes to use is buddhi yoga, which is you take the jnana. Always remember, I'm Atman, I'm not body-mind. The body-mind can never fulfill consciousness. Consciousness can only fulfill itself. Atmanam, atmane, atmana. In itself, through itself. This is Patanjali, even, even the other kind of yoga. Same goal. Krishna says both take you to the same goal in action and action yoga. What is that goal? Svarupe vasthanam, Patanjali says. Atmanam, atmane, atmana, Gita says. An experience of our real... Don't we want to know who we really are? Isn't that the sort of the first thing that any... This is, this is what a human does. This is the distinction between a human and an animal. A human can ask these questions. Who am I? You know, what happens after death? Animals don't ask those questions. This is what Manusha Jeevan is all about. This is the purpose of human life. And we try to answer those questions through science, philosophy, and theology. And Gita gives us a way of thinking about these things, but also methods. Methods, right? Krishna says in the Gita, some see the Atman. Some hear about it, some talk about it. No one can really, you can't really understand it with the mind. But what's the goal? Darshana, perception. So this is the richness of the Indian yoga tradition. It doesn't give beliefs. It gives methodologies and methods by which if we practice those methods, we can actually have an experience of this state beyond the mind. And even if we don't go all the way there, maybe it make it take us many lives. Krishna says at the end of chapter 6, it takes many lives. Uh to perhaps attain the ultimate goal. But in the meantime, we learn to control our desires. And this is what our world needs. It needs to, to put a stop, a stop sign. Uh, uh, look at all the pollution. And India is heading down that road recklessly. The road of, uh, look at the pollution. Every year I go to Vrindavan. I first went in 1970, beautiful green parrots, Yamuna, lovely Yamuna. We used to take bath every day in the Yamuna River. Parrots, peacocks everywhere, green, now go there, rubbish everywhere on the Parikram path. You can't take bath anymore, you get sick. You have to take three drops and put on your head. So India is, is tearing down uh, this road of consumerism and consumption, where, where it has these wonderful resources to actually to actually really contribute to, uh, to changing the world we live in. And it's really desire, the message of yoga, Buddhism, Jainism, all the same. That, you know, it, that it is desire which is causing us to uh, destroy ourselves, uh, you know, such that we're always in a state of, of anxiety and disappointment and frustration and always unfulfilled and always seeking both ourselves and our, on our planet. So, the, so what is the principle of karma yoga? I'm sure your other speakers have discussed this. Right? Karmani eva atikaras te. Yes, you can, don't have to go to the forest. You can do your duty, but what's the principle? Ma paleshu kadachana. That is that one line is the quintessential definition of karma yoga. You know, uh, do your duty, but don't be attached to the fruit. Duty for the sake of duty, right? Dharma. It's a big teaching of the Gita. Dharma. And do your duty, and then so then what is yoga then? If you're doing your duty in the world, samatvam, equanimity, whatever comes, success, failure. Right, happen. You know, these things will come just but by karma. Because of karma, you'll be successful or not successful. So, what is the the karma yogin thinking? It's not thinking about the result. It's thinking, I, how am I doing my duty perfectly according to the definition of dharma for my particular dharma? If I'm an activist, am I being, you know, free of free of ego, free of desire for money or fame or reputation? I'm just dharma for the sake of dharma. This is karma yoga, and this is one of the real contributions of the Bhagavad Gita to 
to the world and certainly to the yoga traditions because as i say before this yoga meant forest yoga you you, you look in the ancient text the puranas the mahabharata the, the, the itihasa yogis are all in the forest so why is krishna speaking to arjuna he's not speaking to vishwamitra or vyas he's speaking to the biggest raja he's a raja he's rajasic he's an energy person he's an action and he's an action person why is he chosen uh, uh, Gita, uh, uh, Arjuna. Of course, Krishna says, Bhaktosi, Saka, you're my Bhakta. We'll get to that. But also, he's a, a most prominent uh, person at the time. He was the most prominent, famous person of the society at the time. So, and so he's a, he's an action person. He, you know, the, 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 the Dharma of the Kshatri is to make sure everybody else is following that Dharma. So highly involved in society. The Dharma of the, of the Kshatriya, especially of the kings, Make sure everybody else is following their dharma. So he's chosen Arjuna to teach, to reestablish. Remember, it was lost. Yoga Nashta, this skill in action. What is the skill? Act without desire. What's the skill? It's not some kind of physical skill. It's a mental skill. Am I doing this because of avidya? Some, I want something for my body-mind. Or am I acting simply out of duty uh, such that I can slowly, by doing that, the mind becomes pure, purified, purified of ragas and dwashas and desires and, and pure and such that it becomes so pure eventually it, it, it allows an experience of the pure purusha, the pure Atman that lies beneath.